Welcome back, everyone, to the S1E1 podcast. Every week, we watch the very first televised episode of a different sitcom. We discuss it, and ultimately, we erase any knowledge we have of the show, other than what we're seeing in the first episode alone. At the end of the episode, we go around, we decide if this is a show that we would greenlight or cancel. So, I'm your host, Jay Gags, with me today, and every week, for the most part, some of my oldest friends, Ferg, Joe, Nick, and Gordo. How's it going, guys? Good. Hey. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, there's uh, a little teaser as to what this week's episode is going to be. For episode four, we will be talking about perfect strangers. Sorry, I just want to say off the bat, I've noticed starting with these older shows is the intros are just so good. You don't see them anymore. They don't do that. Yeah. I want to get to that in a second to go back real quick. Perfect Strangers lasted eight seasons on ABC, 150 episodes. But this week, we're only going to be talking talking about episode one, which was called Knock Knock Who's There, which premiered March 25th, 1986. So for this show, two of the five of us were not alive yet. No, yeah. but, but to go back- Old Ben Ferg was. Up until this week watching episode one, have any of you not watched Perfect Strangers before? Me, me. I really? Wow, really? I had never even heard of this show, never to be brutally you. honest. Shut the fuck up. You used to no. watch that with me at my house. I know you- I you've do not that. remember any. If oh, I watched it, don't be I ridiculous. Have, <laughs> I think if I've really seen this, I've erased <laughs> it from my memory. I do this not show... remember anything. I did none of this. No, no, never God, seen yeah. it. To go back, this show is a huge, huge success in the, in its time. Looking back now in 2021, I don't think the show gets talked about much. I don't think it's remembered that well. So I can see how it kind of got forgotten in time as big yeah. as that show was. So off the bat, aside from Gordo, we've all seen it. We haven't had the chance to see it since a brief syndication, I think, after the fact, if that. It was better than I thought, because I, I remember enjoying it. I didn't have any bad interpretations going into this. It was better than I remembered it being. It was a show that I remember watching. I remember its original run to a degree. When you look at when it came out, we were very young. Like I said, weren't even alive for the debut, but it was still popular at it a point. It was in syndication. That's probably, yeah. most of us watched it in syndication, I assume. But as far as like my memory of the show, other than the basic premise in the two main characters, I don't remember really anything that happened on that show specifically. Ditto. So I was able to watch it pretty fresh. Like I knew the show, I had seen it. I'm watching episode one and it's not going to be hard for me to turn off knowledge of the show because there really isn't much knowledge for me to go back on that that stuck with me at least. One of the things that's most prevalent about this show in my brain, and I was, what you said March, so I was what, four months old, whatever when it's premiered, 86. The theme song, like Nick mentioned, right? It's great. It tells a whole story. It's long. It's surprisingly long. It shows Very a lot. But is I it always, always that long? At... No. Any sitcom you watch, it's the long version from the pilot, and then they cut it down for the actual show. That's a good point, yeah. But I remember in that song, one of the big things that sticks out is they go to Wrigley Field, and they have all the Cubs gear on, and they're outside the stadium. Yes. And that was obviously added either in the syndication version of the song or later on after the pilot. But it, it threw me, not trying, again, yeah. the vacuum. But it, that was like the one lasting thing from the show. And uh, the fact that wasn't there, I was confused for a minute. So it definitely stood out to me that it was a long intro. The intro tells a very full story. So the video that accompanies mm. the amazing theme song tells you exactly what's going on, basically. You have two people from two completely different walks of life that are both finding themselves in Chicago. And we 
don't know anything about their relation to one another or anything like that. That is your setup. You have two people who come from one, a pretty normal suburban life, and then one from some sort of a foreign country. Meatballs. European type vibe. And that's all we really know. That's what we see in the intro. They're just coming from two different areas. They're ending in Chicago. Does anybody else remember him being from Meatballs? <laughs> Because that's what I remembered it as. I think as a young young lad, I I always thought he was from Meatballs. Meatballs with an accent. This time, at one point, he says his uncle Judd Appleton and Kelsey and I both were like, did he just say his uncle Judd Apatow? Judd Apatow. I said the same thing, Joe. And it definitely sounded like he said Judd Apatow. From seeing the intro alone, does this show give you like an odd couple vibe? Like that's what we're about to get into is like a, for that time, modern twist on the odd couple? Yeah, kind of. Yes and no. Yeah. No, because there's the, initial butting of heads but they get along better than the odd couple but did. i'm saying just from watching the intro when you're first being introduced oh. to the show mm. when not really because just the same as who's the boss there's like those long shots of the van going it's the yes. same thing as like larry the long shots of his car going the thing with the odd couple was they were old childhood friends that were just polar opposites so it was hard for them to live together these are as the show is called perfect strangers that just happen to be related yeah i didn't i didn't really get a an odd couple vibe from it personally that that's what the intro is telling me basically is you're getting two polar opposites and they are we don't know that they're gonna end up in a house together by the intro but you're seeing that they're ending up in the same place so there's gonna be some sort of a clashing but you know the show opens with uh larry and what kind of got me right away was he's trying to open up a bag of chips and it's very very exaggerated so it's very like you're seeing their level of humor is and for the times makes sense but he's like planting his foot down he's trying to rip it with his whole body like it's a very simple task but he's really playing onto that like physical comedy aspect of it also why is that bag of chips also a bag of cereal <laughs> it's in a clear yeah. bag so did he pull it out of a labeled chip bag did he buy a box of off-brand chip I bags it was... i was very confused by that also it's the pinkest pink lemonade i've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> i thought it was cornflakes to be honest i thought it was, it was like some sort of saltine or something i, I didn't well later on balky says like oh Jesus. potato crumbs my favorite <laughs> so don't yeah, be it... a red Ridiculous. <laughs> so I also noted the the pink lemonade because I was like, when I first saw, I was like, that can't be pink. It's too pink. I thought like maybe it was like a Same crystal now. light. I was like, well, was it like a pink? new thing at the time or something? Like I thought it was a weird pro- not product placement because they weren't advertising it, but you know what I mean. Like it was a weird thing to was that maybe the maybe first time like old light. country home and all those powdered drinks were first coming out and you could make pink lemonade at home maybe because he doesn't seem like he has, obviously doesn't have a lot of money right. He's his first apartment. He has this nice little setup for himself. I don't know what situation you're just sitting at home with an entire pitcher, uh, like just sitting on your coffee table. A glass pitcher. And I actually have to redact something from last week's episode when I talked about the home improvement laugh track. It was actually this show that it was definitely a laugh track because they cued too early. I mixed those two up. So definitely a laugh track for this show specifically. Oh, 100%. 100% a laugh track. So yeah, if you any can of you guys send they... us an angry email saying subject line <laughs> laugh track correction, we're not even going to open it because we're yeah. acknowledging it now. Suck it. It won't be an email. It'll be somebody on Twitter. Probably. It's going to be Balky. We're just going to reply by saying, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> so Bronson, so, if, if Bronson Pincho is out there and he wants to reach out to us, I uh, will give you my number. You can text me. I also want to <laughs> clarify that is how you pronounce his last name? Pincho. Yeah. Okay. All right. In real life. No. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Pincho. I thought it was going to be some sort of like Pinho or a Pincho. I, I don't. So, it's also crazy. 
crazy is Jay, you mentioned this went on for eight seasons, eight seasons, 150 episodes. Wow. That means that when he, when Bronson Pinchot, who was amazing in True Romance, he was also Balky at the same time, and that blows my mind because yeah. that character in True Balky. Romance is so crazy. It was also Siege and um, Beverly Hills Cop one and three. That's true. Oh. And right after this, he would go on to a different show that I'm sure we'll cover step by step. True. I'm I'm sure we will. I am absolutely sure we will. Um, My favorite roller coaster sitcom. He walked in. So to, <laughs> as we've been talking about him, enters Balky to Larry's apartment, looking like a uh, like a young Brandon Yuri of Panic at the Disco. I think <laughs> they have a very similar uh, look to them. I don't know what that means. And sorry, already beginning of the show, instant uh, disbelief. I can't. All these sitcoms we watch, this is like the least likely thing that he'd let him in that that fucking house. From Not the throw 80s. him out like. <laughs> Was no, a- it's not just that. It's that he just comes in a little bit and he's like, all right, I never met you, but sleep on my couch. I, well, I he feel bad. He acknowledges the link to why they are related. So at least it's not, he, there's a, there's a reason to believe him, right? Like it's, it's too random of a connection, but there's some, there's something there for him to hold on to his truth. I suppose. I would, Did anybody uh, else feel like what they were clearly going for here was just sort of like a Mediterranean version of Yakov Smirnoff with his character? Because he's doing the whole like, America, what a country stuff. But open and, like, all Yakov night. Yakov would have been huge at that time, right? 86, I would have been like the king of, or not the king, well, he's the king of anything, but prime of the Yakov, you know, America, I'm a foreigner sort of thing. Well, really yeah, dating you know, us, Joe. It's very much a... Uh, uh, uh. The, the character in itself is a, is like it's like this parody of what we envision, you know, like a rural Eastern European person to be, right? It's very like wide-eyed to everything America. Like he's very yeah, he primitive. Would, he, he was like the prototype of Fez from that yeah. '70s show. I like, would make the Come to America reference too, but I think it was after this. Coming to America is '87. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Predates it by yeah. Do we know, and I meant to look this up before we did this episode and didn't, but is Meepos a real area? Is this a real city or country? So I just assumed it was like random Greek adjacent. Yeah, I mean, that's what I assume it to be, but is is this a place that exists on the map? Does anyone know that? Or It does, it does not exist. Currently Googling, how would you spell Meepos? Meepos, I think, I think it's like... I M- believe it's M-E-E-P-O-S, but it doesn't really matter. I it's M-Y-P-O. Don't get the the sense that it was a real country. Personally, I just it's from a, it's a fictional land called Mepos. Okay. It says right in the thing. So then you know for sure he's a scam artist, or right? he's coming from a fake country. Everything <laughs> is starting to check out now. Comes See? in, they're not really See? related. Don't be ridiculous. Yeah, this dude really does seem just like an IRL See, scammer, the, doesn't he? The, the false ending was at the end. Uh, Larry wakes up in a tub with his liver missing, going ah. So it's a lot of. But it wasn't Balky. It was the boss who stole it. He definitely plays into I'm foreign like that at all times. Like most of what he does and says is really leaning into like almost to a point where we get it. We we understand you're not from here, but they they really lean heavy on that early on with him. Um, He's beyond naive. It's not like like being foreign doesn't make you automatically just believe everything. It's kind of like an Americanized view of foreign people is they don't get it. Like we're evolved here. He's from a different country. doesn't know as much as us. I yeah, got they went a little too far, like, but they Whoa. did one of my favorite jokes ever, which is when you just pick up something random and pretend it's a phone. I don't know why I find that so funny, <laughs> that but if you, if me. any one of you just picked up your microphone and said like, hello, into it, I'd start laughing. <laughs> it's like the best joke ever. That's the most that did, It tickled ever. me very well when he did it. I also loved, I said it already, but when he goes to kick Balky out and he's like, oh, you know, I'm really sorry. And, and Balky goes, oh, you know, it's okay. It's America. It's open all night. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find somewhere to go. <laughs> 
could this could this show be recreated in 2021 with Borat? Uh, yes, with uh, Borat. Yeah, probably. I never really made the Borat connection, but I do like that. Yes, I, th- I mean Borat's a little more uh, harsh, abrasive than yeah, but, Balky but is. That same but... level of like playful ignorance mm. to how yes. things go here. Yeah, but Borat's also a little anarchistic in social commentary, whereas Balky's just kind of dumb for Goofy, laughs. Yeah. He's like a. But I think there is a, and it, not just because they're formed. I think the approach to the characters are somewhat similar when you take out the like political commentary out of it. I mean, I would watch a Borat Perfect Strangers. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> so I was trying to think of a pun scene, and nothing came to me. Like, uh, where this goes is we end up at uh, Larry's work which is a rich discount and we don't know anything about it. We're just cutting to that scene. We don't know if this is just somewhere he works. Does he own it? We don't really know, but it looks like some sort of a thrifty shop with antique items. The sign says new and used. So I was a little kind of perplexed by it. And so you I, can I, see, you can actually see new items on the walls. Like they okay, have, like I couldn't a, notice. That's what I was going to say. Cause I've been to places like that before. Is this like a building 19 meets thrift shop sort of place? Yeah. I think it's more of like a, um, yeah, I guess that's a good way to put it because you can see like uh, on the office side where the boss's office is you can see like there's uh like wall clocks in their boxes still hanging on the wall but then oh, okay like, up and front to, is like antiques and stuff to go back there are people who will listen to this episode who do not know what building 19 is sorry yeah that was a very yeah, regional yeah. reference okay you know when you sometimes go to a goodwill and half the store is like brand new socks and the rest is herb albert records it's like that that's like that. herb albert uh and the tijuana brass if you don't know, go to any Goodwill and you can find any one of his records in a bunch there's, uh, there's a few albums that are staples at all those stores. There's like um, one of the early Barbra Streisand albums at every Goodwill. <laughs> no, you'll Goodwill always see it. Yeah. You'll always find yep. it. There's a few of them. Uh, um, Mitch Miller Sings is a big one that, too. That is something I thought about though. That you know, place of business in general, you can't have that today. Like that, that doesn't exist. That's well, a we, weird store in well, that no, they, time. They kind of do exist. They're not in that. They're thrift shops is what they yeah, are. They're like consignment shops. I, I, yeah. We have that one in the town. I thought yeah, I mean, it was a pawn shop. I mean, not 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 some. Yeah, maybe it's not a pawn shop, but I mean, I kind of like got a, that a less sketchy pawn shop. Like there wasn't yeah. like a window with a, like the boss behind and all that but stuff. I, I don't like, get the idea though that you pawn stuff there. I, I get the idea that he goes to like estate sales and flea markets and gets mm, things cheap and then sells yeah. them for more. I don't see him people bring. He doesn't seem like he's there enough to do the deal. I don't think they trust Larry enough. Yeah, to do the I pricing. mean, he was he was selling an old broken radio. So, so uh, something I did notice when we were watching was it took nine minutes into the episode before someone spoke other than Larry or Balky. Not that we were introduced to people, but it took about that long to see anyone else on the show other than the two of them. They really drove in the two of their dynamic, which I think I think to a degree is a little bold because you're really like banking everything on people really connecting with these characters right away. You have because, to. They're the main characters. There's no other main characters. But you're introducing people to the show for the first time. So like you're not giving yourself that safety net of like other things to attract yourself to so basically but, the, but if you're I not into these two right off the bat you're not into this show yeah i think that's more of the time too though because like you know even going back to when we were talking about you know like the odd couple or even something like laverne and shirley like yeah there were the off characters with like lenny and squiggy and stuff like that but you had to be invested in those two characters for the show to work and so they had to get that point across also in a 22 minute show too you're wasting almost half that time getting these two guys in there so that was you know by design they had to do that you mentioned laverne and shirley it's funny because i thought that watching it. I was like, this kind of reminds me of Laverne and Shirley a little bit. Yeah, it has the uh, it has a similar vibe, yeah. Two weirdos in an apartment. I think they went with a very cute scenario, like when that first customer does enter, ba- 
Valky is learning about negotiating and he has no idea what that really means. So he's very easily persuaded into the, <laughs> yeah. well, that's not what the, the, the price tag isn't the real price. And like, you know that. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, I know that. All of us here in America. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. So, uh, uh, I, I work in sales. So that whole scene I thought was kind of funny. And literally in, we we're watching that. My phone started ringing. It was like 11 p.m. And it was a, a work call. <laughs> but I had to pause the episode so I could go do a sales call. And I, I felt a little too uh, life of hitting Balky at that point. So in this negotiation, we end up learning that he made $45 for selling what was roughly a couple hundred dollars worth of items. I was going to say, you know, for inflation too, 45 bucks was, you know, almost a couple hundred back then. So Yeah, and I want, and I will get into some numbers later on as we discuss. Um, yeah, I pulled some numbers too. So this is when we basically learn that Larry does not own the store because it enters his boss, which to me, the very first thing that enters my mind is that's Mr. Carosi from Saved by the Bell. He <laughs> owned the beach house that yeah. they all, uh, with the resort that they all worked at. Which is funny because also- we're watching King of Queens right now. So I, I thought I saw him and was like, oh, I remember that. But he's also... So the naked guy on the subway in Seinfeld that Jerry rides the whole train with and they go to uh, Coney Island. Did anybody else think when Larry is first coming out of the office there and he, you know, he kind of like, you know, touches things. It was kind of weird. He plops the bag on the cash register and I thought it was his lunch until he went back to it. And then it's just a like sack with a money sign on it. And he starts filling the cash (laughs) register with it. Yeah. It was the most stereotypical like little (laughs) money bag I've ever seen. Whoever the prop guy was that day. That's a great. I didn't notice that. That's funny. I didn't, I didn't even, pick up that Well, I didn't take take note of it at the time, at least. The boss's name is Mr. Twinkasetti. Twinkasetti. <laughs> Twinkie, yeah. I had to, uh, uh, you know, eventually confirm what I thought he was. Do you know what that guy is most known for? No. Mr. Carusi? No. Yes, I know. And Save by the Bell were my two big ones. He is uh, the voice of Pumbaa in The Lion King. Oh. oh, wow. He's been in like a bunch of stuff. He's been in like voices in a ton of video games and stuff like that. But I I knew him not by face, but by voice. And I had to figure out why. And that ended up being what it was. But I mean, he's one of those great 80s, 90s character actors. You just see the face and you know who he is. So we learn in this situation, too, that the resolve to Balky's fumbling of the negotiation is if he's, he's given the opportunity to fix a broken radio and if he can fix this radio, then he gets a job, which is like a very weird idea and premise. It's like, you just lost me all this money, but if you can fix this radio, I will employ you. I don't know. It sets up the, you know, the the story for this show, but it was a, it was so unrealistic. It rang a little weird to me. Yeah. It's a classic sitcom sort of, let's put you into a uh, situation that would never happen in real life. Let's see what happens. Make a bunch of jokes around it. Sing Tina Turner, do everything you can to make this relevant. They did a lot of pop culture references at this point. There was the singing of Tina Turner. There's the Ghostbusters reference. Uh, but then they also made a reference to Telly Savalas, which is my favorite one. It's like, are they referencing Kojak on this show right now? Because he says, does Telly Savalas love you, baby? And I paused it for like five minutes. I was laughing so hard. Like it gave me convulsions. I don't know why I found it so funny, but it was so good. I think one thing that this show was missing though, was with Balky coming into his life and just completely screwing up everything. There was never that one Larry explosion where he he gets really pissed at him, shouts at him, throws him out, and then feels bad about it. Yeah, so brings he- him back. Like I, I was, just, I was expecting it, and it just, it never happened. 
I feel yeah, like he, that's something, sorry, I feel like that's something that they're going to build up to potentially, but, you know, I think that's kind of more writing for Larry's character that he's kind of like this sort of pushover. That's kind yeah, of what yeah, I got. He's a doormat. Yeah, so yeah, Larry's not a very strong character. He could have been positioned in a way that because everyone beats down on him, that he would then beat down on Balky in a sense. But yeah, they didn't really play into that. I just, um, I, I was expecting it the whole episode. Like, is this going to be what sets him off? And right. Not, nothing did. And I don't know why, but I watched the whole show back in the day. I don't remember him being that much of a pushover. And I know maybe it's because it's the first episode and that's what we do. My memory of the show is so limited. So it's it's nice because as the premise of our show, we really need to only focus on episode I one. Know. So I've never seen anything really made this easy. I've <laughs> never seen the show. So he came off as a pushover to me. You know, he just seems like a pushover that this guy can just come in from meatballs or wherever he's from. He, you know, could just live in his house. House and people, you know, this guy's gonna, guy's just gonna let him, you know. I feel like I they know. make him sort of like a dreamer, right? Like he comes from a small town. He says he has like what five brothers and sisters. Yeah, he's an optimist. He has a job that seems unrealistic. I want to be a photojournalist, but until then, I'm working at this pawn shop. So, like, he seems like he's gonna be a pushover, but you know, he's gonna eventually snap, which I think is like a good thing to plant. He's a ticking time bomb. I thought the premise of having it so that if Balky can fix the radio, he can have a job after messing up was weird but also like it's tough with sitcoms at times because you think logically and you have to not think logically at times when it comes to shows like this it's suspended because, disbelief yeah because the first thought in my head is okay why not hire a guy like even if you have a few bucks like hire a, a repairman to fix the radio and now you have employment like th that few dollar investment will get you long-term employment so it's worth it but that's not how shows operate but it was really tough for me to like not think of the most logical way to get yourself into this situation you hire somebody who is an illegal alien to work and fix all your electronics, like Beldar Conehead. <laughs> it works for Sinbad. It can work for her naked Seinfeld guy. Pretty cheap Conehead. <laughs> so after this premise is shown to us, we cut back to Larry's house, where is where we meet his neighbor, Susan, who's like this tall redhead. Oh, who... I want to get into this scene. So I want to get was, into her. I was a little <laughs> I was a little confused because right off the bat, when when Balky first sees Susan, he's clearly smitten by her and he, he's mm -hmm. very like uh, aggressive with, with these advances towards her and his interests. The the way it came off to me right away though is also that I thought she's supposed to be the love interest of Larry. Yep. So I that bothered that was, me. So I thought that was really interesting because especially now we're talking about Larry being more a pushover type and maybe we don't understand the full dynamic of their relationship but from what I'm being shown I'm thinking Larry and Susan are if not dating maybe there's intent to at some point and Balky just cuts right in and he's like I like you. Yeah, it yeah, seems I like there are a couple, and it seems like Larry wants to worship her painted toenails, so Belky shouldn't make that offer. Exactly. He's supposed to be the, the nice guy. He doesn't even like check. And then, you know, he says he wants to be her slave. <laughs> Very Borat like. Yeah, so yeah, the slave line's can, a little rough now, too, right? I think you can play the foreign character that's unaware of American ways, but like you would think that, unless there's some prime. Read the room. That, yeah, that things operate in meatballs that. <laughs> Calling it meatball. You should acknowledge that, you know, maybe your cousin is interested in this girl before you just flirt with her the second you lay eyes on her, especially when you're mm. her in your cousin's home. So here's how I read that situation, because you might be right. That might be the case in a sense that uh, she is, or they are maybe a thing. But then you have to consider the fact that Larry is Larry and she is considerably out of her league. So Balky's first impression might be, okay, they're definitely not dating because 
because that would never happen. He's positioned too nice and simple, really, to to derive at that thought. Because he's. So we're trying nice. to say though is so if Larry, if Belky steals Larry's girl and Belky is a shepherd, does that make him a crook? <laughs> Get out. Shepherd's crook. Anybody know? Okay. What? Let him stew in silence a little uh, bit. The stick a shepherd carries is called a crook. Yeah, we know what the fuck it's called, Joe. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> really confused me. Okay, so just to- for the record, you actually really made me laugh that time. But you needed that silence. That's all I want. You need well, to learn your lesson. That could have been a more mixed reaction then, right? So like, Ferg wanted to laugh. Gordo didn't laugh because he didn't get it. I got it and didn't laugh. <laughs> like it's just really I laughed for everybody, so it's all that matters, right? And I need I need to know this for me. Are these things that you wrote ahead of time that you're waiting to find your moment? Oh, I'll show you my notes right here. All top of the mind, baby. This is all in real time. Joe's book of dad jokes. All right. No, you my got brain any black flag bars on there. What's that? You got any black flag bars on there? Only one. And by one from last week's episode that's over here, you can see I wrote more power in real big letters. (laughs) (laughs) So, Uh because you couldn't spell, huh? (laughs) Anyone have anything else to say as far as the uh, Susan dynamic goes? I I think it just, you go go ahead, you go first. Uh, I was going to say, it just further shows that Larry's a pushover because if I got the idea that they were love interests and then here comes the cousin yet again and he starts simping for Susan over there and (laughs) it just, you know, it's just weird. And Larry just didn't stop. But like, you just kind of half-heartedly be like, well, pick up your dignity, pick up this, you know, leave, leave. And he tried to push him out. But I don't know, I just got the vibe that if she was a love interest, that's not how how you would act yeah. if somebody came in that strong on your girl. Also, not the first time he simped for her because in the episode he run he gets a phone call from her to chase a rat away. And I think in a few weeks maybe we'll cover. Oh the yeah, show that's why he went upstairs. I didn't, I didn't even oh, pick up on that. Yeah. I didn't pick that up on that either. Until you just said that, I just realized their apartment is upstairs from the store. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get that till right now when you mentioned the rat. I was like, oh, wait, upstairs. Yeah, so he lives above the store too. I don't know how I missed that. That's why, it's why he got to, you know, pay the bills. I, I needed this shitty job to pay my fucking, what is probably stupid rent in Chicago. I it mean, depends may, on the part of Chicago though. 86, it may have been still pretty cheap, but I don't know what you make as a fledgling photojournalist either. I noticed uh, also they were playing Scrabble. Just a little uh, side note. Yeah, and he spelled meatballs. I mean, that is the, the sexiest of the uh, the board games. Clearly, <laughs> they were on a date because you can you can slide in second uh, date is suggestive upward. words, right? <laughs> Boobs. <laughs> oh, look at that! Huh? It's spelled foreplay. <laughs> Triple word score. Virgin. <laughs> Poor Larry. That curly-headed fuck is definitely a virgin. <laughs> yeah, there's no way he's not. There's a great episode of Law and Order, I think, SVU, where he is the villain. And like five I saw years that ago. one. Yeah, he... he uh... Is that the only other thing he was ever in? Because I no, can't he recall po- him. He pops up in random shit throughout the decades. And yeah, you're kind of like, like Larry. He's kind of like Booger from uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Just sort of shows up in things and you're like, oh, there he is. I assume he has like a skullet now. Like he lose, looks like someone who would eventually have a skullet. Yeah, there's not much on top, I don't think. That's He's the true. kind of guy I'm going to meet at Comic-Con one of these days. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. He seems like the kind of guy I would give $47 to for a photograph. It's like you you want Balky, but you got to settle for Larry. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to look at his IMDb. 
Right, Ferg's doing some uh, some deep deep state here. <laughs> we find out that Larry has a plan to get Balky the job, which would be sneaking a smaller radio into a big radio. I, I like the idea, honestly. Uh, that was could have been worse. I like that he was proactive about it. He was very concerned about his friend having a job, but I think it was more about him having money to move out than anything. So there was, it wasn't selfless much. I do, I do like that. He was like, oh yeah, no, I got this. We're going to get him this job. But it, it is sweet that he wants to help. Whether or not the motives aren't as sweet, but he does want to help and he is. It wasn't the idea that he was trying to help him. It was the plan itself was like, this was the, if we're going to cheat, we're just going to slide a radio behind the radio and hope that he doesn't notice that the music's not coming out of the big speakers of the large radio. Like even the boss said, you thought that would work or something to that degree. (laughs) I thought that was kind of a good swerve though, too, because they play the boss up to be so inept that you think it's going to work and he figures it out so quickly kind of throws you like I didn't see that coming I thought he was going to be like it makes more sense for that show to go for the dumb joke of like this sounds great sounds way more modern than this old radio yep. used to and what the I fact thought that was... he finds it right away throws you and at the end it was just like did it work or didn't it sorry that's all right get it out Nick's dying for all you in podcast land <laughs> so... Nick's been kind of <laughs> you okay Jesus. I think he needs a minute. Spicy food, too many meatballs. Joining us for this episode, Batman. Where's meatballs? It's a, a good thing I can cut silence out of these. <laughs> so we find Balky fell asleep at the place overnight trying to fix his radio and what i thought was interesting was like so it cuts to him and like you fix it he's like well i didn't have time to test it out so so you're done you finished doing everything you needed to fix it but you just fell asleep right before you turned the knob <laughs> in like, the most uncomfortable position possible so like, too. you had to walk away from the radio to fall asleep so if you finished the radio and everything was done you didn't just turn the knob like i did everything but the one thing that will be pivotal to this story which when's be- the last time you fixed a radio jay it's it's pretty taxing. It's it's pretty it's pretty hard, yeah. It's I probably it's the picture tube. I'm questioning, have you no time to then just turn the power button on when you're done fixing it, provided you've already assumed you've completed the task? You know what you're overlooking too is that he just flew in from meatballs. He is jet lagged. Good point. Well, he was also seen you fall asleep though, all over the place into Chicago. So he's been there a few days. Yeah, Jay, I've seen you fall asleep with a chicken finger in your hand. <laughs> Never mind finishing fixing something. I've seen you fall asleep at a red light. Now I wish you choked on your chicken finger. <laughs> wait, wait, is that real? I've never seen you fall asleep at a red light. Does that happen? Yes, uh, I've seen it too, separately than first. This is this is not a podcast about my checkered past and all the- <laughs> It might be <laughs> now, because you're going to talk shit about a, a fictional character falling asleep. You are a real person who has fallen asleep in easier conditions. You're not even from meatballs. Everyone now, I'm, is- now I'm doing it. Damn it. If you guys get our subscription numbers high enough, I will put out my memoirs and you can read about all the <laughs> dumb and terrible things I've done in my past uh, near 35 years of existence. I'm still waiting on Gordo's memoirs. <laughs> I don't remember half my memoirs. Well, I need a ghostwriter. It would be more you, yeah, it would do. be more dictated through us, I think. It would be <laughs> I say if we ever get to a Patreon, we go out and we buy uh, five broken stereos from a thrift store, then we have a contest. Who can fix it the faster? Fastest? Who can do it without falling asleep? <laughs> I'm, well, I'm going to fall asleep just as soon as I completed the job. As I long as you turn, turn them on for the first time. Yeah, once once we're all there to judge. Am I allowed to hide a small radio behind mine? You can certainly try. <laughs> we will be on the lookout for it, though. Damn it. So when they do try to turn this radio on, Balky ruins the plan immediately with the false radio. But the 
radio does work. So we are we are shocked to see that the radio he succeeded in his task of fixing the radio, or so we think at the time. And destroys more merchandise in the store. Yeah, and that and that's something that it's another like pass because it's a television show by fixing this radio and testing it. And the owner, Mister what's his name, Twinkie, Twink, Twinkie Feet, Twinkie City, Twinkie City. He's so happy that this radio Circuit has been City. fixed that he's not concerned that the amount of damage done to his store far surpasses what he's going to sell this radio for. I really enjoyed the whatever it's called, like the pyrotechnics on this breaking glass for 1986 were great. Yeah, I don't know if those are technically squibs or not, or if those are just explosions. But yeah, all the glass breaking was practical and real. And yeah. nobody nobody makes any attempts to clean any of it up in the moment. All this to the point where it's really annoying that they're walking over broken glass for the rest of the episode. It bugs you me. hear it the whole time yeah. too. Yeah, they're just okay. it's weird. They go out of their way to make sure you can works. hear it, but they don't. No one's like, "Ouch, my loafer." Yeah. So as long as the radio works, every Everything else means nothing at this point. So we get a uh, Mr. Twinkasetti now tells Balky that he is look. He'll hire him, and he's even willing to give him minimum wage. Even willing to give him minimum wage, which would imply that Larry doesn't make minimum wage. Yeah, that's he, what I got out of that too. He made, no, I, because he was gonna work to repay his debt. I think he was gonna say, "I'll even pay you." I, yeah, but that's I'll what I got out of it. Minimum wage, like the minimum wage was special treat. And so I did a little diving and minimum wage in Illinois in 1986 was $3.35, which means if you are a full-time employee working 40 hours, you make $134 before taxes a week right yes crazy so, wow so to me so after taxes what four hundred dollars a month so yeah so he's making about a hundred dollars a week after his taxes maybe so making five less. grand a year that could buy a lot of pink lemonade mix and it's it's just it's wild to think in like it's part the times like we're now looking at this 35 years later no it's not even good for now because you can see it adjusted for inflation at like 720 yeah so you still couldn't comfortably live off of seven dollars and 20 cents an hour. Yeah, and he's living right in the city in Chicago in, in a pretty no nice roommate. apartment and has groceries and scrabble parties and all the potato dust and pink lemonade, <laughs> pink lemonade. drink. And and he's doing this all for about $100 a week to what we know. And this is if he's working a full 40 hours. I wonder if he's making money on the side for photojournalism, though. I wonder if, I wonder if his is. dad had money. He he looks at the beginning, it looks like he comes from a well-off neighborhood. Yeah, we don't really know anything about other than he just wanted to be on his own for once, right? And chase his dream. But like, we well, don't yeah. really know. He the, has like five details. brothers and sisters. So even if he comes from a lot of money, I don't imagine a lot of that's coming down to just him, right? If he has that many siblings. And you would think with that in mind that he would be so excited at the idea of a roommate because you would think he'd be he'd be scrapping for cash a little bit. Like and he's an unemployed roommate with no skills other than sheep herding. Sheep, but we don't know what the sheep situation is like in Chicago in 1986. Well, Larry, Larry explains it. It's not good. Well, Illinois is one of those states. It's not like Massachusetts though, where there's a big city parts of it, and then there's a lot of really rural country parts. I'm sure there are sheep in Illinois, but I'm sure it's a few hours south or west of Chicago and, proper. You know, Balky's a dreamer. You know, he was there and he was. Intending to find a job by hook or by crook. So, eh, 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 eh. Glad so the interesting thing it. too is he didn't. So it ended up coming off that he didn't fix the radio, but he did like more than that. And like it was for a sheep herder, he did pretty good work. Yeah, well, no, he 
he, he, he just he, have no electronic background. He hooks up a bunch of speakers and he spent a lot of money to fix quote unquote fix the radio. Yeah, he he hooked up a more powerful stereo to the broken radio essentially, which, which it was worth just, a thousand and he made five hundred, something like that. But stereo one oh one though, right? You put a better receiver, you put better speakers. It's just how amplification of music works. So what I'm saying it's not something he should have known. Yeah, I don't imagine where he learned that, but maybe well, it seems more simple. I don't know. Gordo well, you were it, it was established uh, he was there all night. Maybe he was trial and error. Like, all yeah, he looked into it. Well he talks about you know how he's resourceful you know when he made the grandmother's uh mud cast and it stuck out like nail in a board as he <laughs> Maggie, said Maggie, don't do that yeah and then and, she and kept saying you know he, he kept touching it while it dangled um <laughs> So, I mean, he seems resourceful enough, just kind of naive to America and our ways. Right. Really what I got out of it. And well, the- he don't do that. was definitely one of the funniest lines of the whole episode. Did anybody else laugh when he woke up and said, good morning, America? Yep. <laughs> When we find out that Balky did spend all this money to fix the radio, Mr. Twink has said he's not happy is because he just <clears> took another. Wait, 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 though. Box. He didn't spend any money. They lost money by him selling more products that were part of the quote unquote radio because right. the speakers well, and everything sold, were yeah, part of it. So he didn't the, spend any money. For $500 when he just now. used more stock in the store to make it sound good. And that for, guy agreed to buy it. And they lost money because now he had to sell right. the speakers too. So he didn't spend any money, but he lost money on Well, it's not, is that 100% established where he? Yeah. Got all these parts, yeah, yeah, because they pull out the speakers and everything that were from the store, right? So, Mr. Twink is sitting now, fires Larry and isn't giving Balky the job because of what happened. And then to go back, you know, with the dynamic of these characters, this is where <laughs> Balky steps up and vouches for Larry and stands up for him in his character and inevitably turns the boss's mind around to get them both their jobs, which I think is strange because you would think that, you know, it would be the Larry defending Balky, the innocent, you know. Foreigner who doesn't know better, it has to go the other way where Balky's actually defending Larry to protect his job. It just further drives in what a pushover he is. I was just going to say that. Yeah, he leans right back into it. But they do have the nice heartwarming speech. They need each other, right? Because it's it's it is it's not just one sided, right? Like Larry needs him, he needs Balky. There is an extent to it where they're both they both feel do like that, they're both miserable and need each other. I don't feel like that we need each other dynamic would be the case at that point in time. And they've known each other for what ten hours exactly. like that like it's just it's a weird dynamic but i get that you have to force it right that's what you have to get into in a, you in a show like set that. up the premise for the show and they are whether or not they knew each other or were raised or were even aware of one another they are cousins so there is that like we are family element to it that yeah. will kind of push that a little bit extra we get that kind of like grinch moment uh, where his heart grows three sizes kind of in a way with the boss because now the boss is going to give them both their jobs and the idea is so it's to pay off all the debt that he, they now owe him because he'll be taking money out of their check every week which is like sound logic ten dollars I can understand from his perspective why he would do that because they now owe him a debt but if there's anything we've learned in this small time the amount of destruction that Balky causes the store and money lost it's like the investment of having him there all the time to get ten dollars from him is like he's probably going to cost you way more money you know on a daily basis by his typical antics 
politics where this is not going to be a worthwhile situation for you. And that's also another employee you have to pay. So that's costing you more money too, even if you're taking $10 from his paycheck. So also don't forget too that Twinkasetti is, at one point he does make a comment about how he he was betting on horses. So this man is not like a a care about his business kind of guy, really. He just wants the, the cash flow, it seems. So as long as he has something in his pockets to go throw on the track, I think he's happy. So whatever at that point for him. I was going to say, this also brings up the uh, the best line of the whole show, I thought, when Balky looks at Larry and he goes, am I in debt? And Larry goes, yeah. And he goes, I really am an American. <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> how that aged, huh? Yeah, that yeah. aged very well. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that was pretty much where we leave the show off. But another note I have just towards the end is that for whatever reason, this this flagged me as, as we're ending the show and Larry is now telling Balky, listen you can stay with me as long as you need to like get on your feet and get your own place and stuff the music kicked in way too early for me the closing music kicked in so early and I, I it's just this weird little thing that that kind of like flagged my brain but it was so uncomfortable because it was like they were getting the wrap it up music from their own like for their own show tell them okay guys it's over now but like the scene kind of dragged out with the, the playing them off playing. yeah yeah i didn't even notice that but that yeah, i wasn't noticing that but it did feel like it was a uh, pushed a little at the very sitcom ending, right? Like they seem like they pushed towards, you know, end, 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 end. Like wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap yeah. it up. I think they even quickly. did like a zoom out too, like which is kind of a, yeah, a prevailing thing in that. To wrap things up now, that was the end of Perfect Strangers episode one. How do we feel about this show? Do we feel like this is a show that could last in today's world? Could this be a, a, a show that gets rebooted or does it at least, does it stand the test of time when you watch it now or does it feel super dated? Because to me, as much as I enjoyed the show, I did feel like the show is incredibly dated the whole time. I yep. don't think that it feels, it's not relatable enough to bypass all of that that comes with it with how dated it looked. I think if they did it as, if they did it now, but it still took place in the 80s, you could pull it off right you could be like okay this is how this all works if you try to do the same premise now and it was cousin larry my dropbox won't sink it would be <laughs> so aggravating and i just couldn't watch it I mean, that's just me but like i don't know i couldn't handle that premise in or like my iphone you know it just it would be too much of a nightmare so you know if they rebooted it as a maybe uh one of them can play Twinkasetti now the ages have changed perfect example of that is when they tried it's not to go back to to the odd couple but they tried to reboot the odd couple a couple of years ago and it just didn't work and yeah that was not good similar this is just wouldn't work but yeah, I like i like like i said before though do you think it's the like general writing for the show or what these networks do to them because i feel like these shows could exist well but not on these networks anymore right so you could do this show on like you know maybe like an hbo or something like that but you're not going to do it like on a fox or an abc well i feel like it's just like the general premise of the show you know like it's kind of like a unlikely premise and not that there aren't plenty of shows like that today but i think something like that isn't timeless in itself where you could necessarily inject that anywhere to begin with is there a way to maybe make that show work in today's world possibly with the right cast with the right situation maybe he's not for meatballs but you know some other 
fake plays, but I don't know. It's just, I look at it and it's just too dated for me. Again, I enjoyed it, but I just can't see the show translating into today. Yeah, yeah I got that it was dated too. I mean, look at the cash register that they were using. That thing was from like the 30s. I mean, I don't know if that's more of a testament to that's Mr. Twinkasetti was cheap or... If no, those was, are very valuable. Those those are actually worth a ton of money. There's a I big, think that's just the fact that it's like an antique store. Yeah, they were just kind of okay. like promoting with their interior. Yeah, gotcha. like they pull one of gotcha. those out in like every episode of American Pickers. You would so, watch that. Oh, yeah, I'm 100. It is time to decide if this is a show based on episode one alone. Would you cancel or greenlight the show? And Ferg, I'm going to start with you. No. I would not greenlight this show. I could believe a show about talking dinosaurs. I could not get around by the disbelief of him taking them in, him causing more trouble to his life nonstop. It's almost like how Urkel was on Family Matters, which which was a spinoff of this show. He would he caused all the trouble in the thing. Balky caused all the trouble in Larry's life, and then you know he fixed it with a speech, but it was his problem that he caused. And I just I hate that trope. And I know how good the show becomes but i don't know for this i'm not supposed to but based on this original premise i wouldn't have greenlit the show this original episode joe yes i'm with ferg on the fact that i know what the show becomes and i did love it but on this episode alone and this premise it's a half and half right if it was if it took place in the 80s or this is 1986 i'd say yes but in 2021 i have to say no i love all the people in it some of it has some charm but yeah i'd say no on this one Nick. I I found myself actually wanting to watch more of it. I I don't disagree with Ferg and Joe in a sense that it's unbelievable and almost kind of annoying his character at the time to the point where you you can't ignore how annoying it is. I was entertained enough and wanting to left wanting to see more that I I would greenlight it. I think I w- I want to see more of it. Gordo. No, I think that this was pretty much enough that I needed to see. You couldn't do it nowadays. I felt like it was hokey, but not in the good sense hokey. Like when he's trying to open up the cereal or chip bag in the beginning, like, oh, it must be childproof. Like, I don't know. It's just, I got all that I wanted. It was, it had its moments like that were funny throughout the episode, but I felt like I don't want to watch a show about a pushover and a foreigner. Doesn't ring with me. Right. So no. So for me, I'm torn on a now two to two vote. Well, no, actually, it's uh, three to one. So I guess this show, regardless, is getting canceled. I'm sorry, but to inject my opinion anyways, I'm very torn. Don't leave me out here, Jay. Don't leave me out here alone. Well, (laughs) I think ultimately I'm going to side with you, Nick, and I'm going to greenlight the show. But I think it right off the bat, this isn't anything that like I'm completely drawn to, but there are... For whatever reason, the charm of Balky makes me want to watch him. But that's like the only redeeming quality that the show has. And as goofy and as unbelievable as his character is, and a little bit stereotypical of similar roles of the foreigner, there is something about how that role was portrayed that makes me want to continue to watch it. But other than that, there's not a lot of redeeming qualities. I think Larry is just nothing to hang your hat on. And he's one of two characters that I need to care about. And I don't care about one of them and that's not good but i will give it the green light based on balky alone but that still leaves us on a three to two vote so i am sorry perfect strangers despite the fact that abc gave you 150 episodes we would be cutting you off at just episode one so i am sorry again but that's gonna wrap up this week's episode of the s1e1 podcast anyways guys thank you for listening to this week's episode you can find us at s1e1pod.com that site will link you to anywhere 
everywhere we can listen to this podcast as well as all of our social media most of that being s1e1 pod on a lot of different platforms thanks again we will catch you on next week's episode live from meatballs <laughs>